Happy New Year, bro. Happy New Year. Are you since we last saw each other on Christmas? Each other for New Year's. No, it's on Christmas. <laughs> so I know you're under weather again. What happened this time? Oh no, no, no injuries. I just had a, a sinus and then stomach infection, like twenty-four hour flu kind of situation. I had the whole sinus pressure followed by migraines, followed by nausea. It was all in so, one day. Let me ask you this: How do you, how did you get under the weather if you mainly work remotely? One, it was like uh, because I've been traveling back and forth from your place to our my home to dad's. Because there's a solid like 20 degree difference in temp between all all three places, like 10, 10 to 20. Yeah, but who were you driving with? I was driving with mom. She doesn't like it to be cold. She likes it to be warm. But like it, like dad's house is around 70 degrees. Outside it was like 40, 50 degrees. 70 degrees? Dad's house? No, no. It's more like 50 degrees. No, he actually likes it warmer now. Um but there's like some, and then my bedroom, even though mom keeps the house at 78, my bedroom always ends up being outside temperatures. So <laughs> it gets really cool. I was like, but anyway, now it's a new year, same us, but new format. I wanted to go back to, or not necessarily back to, but what we initially started this podcast on is to look at movies or shows that we grew up on. True. A lot of them, you weren't born yet, or you were born on the same year. Case in point, Beverly Hills Cop. Was it 84? It came out, it came out in 1984, right. It uh, fall out, two sequels, and coming out now, Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley. Well, Netflix, right? Yeah. Why things will be national and then come on to Netflix. I don't know. I have not seen the previews. Granted, uh, I'm not truly excited for this one because of... What we got from Coming to America, the sequel that came on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and actually, Beverly Hills Cop 2 and 3, not as good. Well, maybe 2 is good, but 3 is not good. 1 is still the GOAT of the movie franchise, in my belief. We saw it recently again, uh, which is currently playing on Netflix. At this time. Yeah. On Rotten Tomatoes, by the critics, is 83%. And as with the audience, 82%. Does it hold up? Let's find out. Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. My name is Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review at least once a week. Boiler alert. I think you never saw it before, right? It's just like when it, with Die Hard. I've seen aspects of it like at any time. And I remember it as a kid. Like Every time it was on, it was already playing. And like I, you know, when you're scrolling through the channels and I would just catch bits and pieces. I never sat from beginning to end. So since I watched Die Hard, I was like, and this was at your house. I started watching it. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, since I watched Die Hard, let me watch Beverly Hills Cop since it's here. And I told you, you're like, you're watching it without me. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> well, I was planning to watch it and, um. It was one of the movies I wanted to do to start the new year with in the sense of movies we grew up on or in shows too, right? Yeah, it just coincidentally was that. Right. And before we go into it, it's directed by Martin Brest. Brest? B-R-E-S-T. Oh, okay. So I'm not wrong. Written by Daniel Petrier. Here I go again with the messing up the names. Daniel Petrier Jr. and Danilo Bach, starring Eddie Murphy. Judge Reinhold, 
John Ashton, Lisa L. Becker, Ronnie Cox. You know him from Robocop. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Lieutenant Steven Burkhoff. It was the Russian. He's the Russian and Rambo First Blood 2. James Russo, who's who is so such a great actor. Jonathan Banks, he's from Better Call Sal and Breaking Bad. Correct me if I'm wrong, in the eighties or early nineties, he was a like your go to bad guy a lot of times, like yeah. if you see him. Yes. Bronson Pinchot, he was in not Bosom Buddies, Perfect Strangers. Oh yes, I do remember that show. Balky, yes. Uh Paul Reiser as Jeffrey, Michael Champion. He was like one of the goons, and he, he was in Total Recall and History in the World Part One. Oh, yeah. Those are the main guys. But anyway, seeing it again, it brought me back to memory lane for me because I remember when I first saw it, I was on a date. <laughs> you went to the theaters? And I went to the theaters. Okay. Yeah, you were like in the crib still. You were just, you were just born. Yeah. But watching it back, I... I know some things like it, it to me in a, in a way it holds up, but then again it doesn't. And with this, like back in the in the eighties, nineties, like the soundtrack was very popular, and this is one of the one of the great soundtracks that we had, a lot of great songs. But I felt that like a lot of the music was misplaced. I can see that. Like in the credits, they're playing "The Heat Is On" by Glenn Fry, and it felt more appropriate if when his first uh, the truck chase when he's being in the in the truck. The, the, when we first meet him, yeah, and they're, and they're trying to pull away, and, and the, the heat, the cops is chasing them because that's another name for cops is besides pigs is or five o is the heat. Yeah, well, they even had a movie called The Heat. It deals with cops and criminals, right? But different context. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. But that's why I felt, and it felt so loud, like the music was so freaking loud that it. it Takes you out. That was also the case back then too, because like remember, like they didn't have the leveling of TVs. I remember like on the tube TV, you you change the channel, a commercial come in, and one volume's there, then the volume just totally spikes. Right, but I'm just I'm watching on Netflix. You think they'll level out, right? I just think it's just how it was in the movies back then. True, true. Um, yeah, there's a lot of movies like that where like this, like this, either the soundtrack moved the movie or promoted the movie, or the movie promoted the song. Because mm -hmm. again, you have like Glenn Fry, the Pointer Sisters, Patti LaBelle. You have the the theme song Axel Foley or Axel F. Yeah, that theme is iconic. Yep. Since you just saw it, do you have a favorite moment? The funny thing is, like action wise, not so much. Is 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 his interaction with other characters? You gotta love the dynamic between him and the two detectives. I like the moment where he's lying in, in favor for them. And uh, was it the lieutenant goes, is that true, Sergeant? Uh, or is that true, Taggart? And Taggart tells the truth. He goes, you, you don't realize that that lie was working. I was lying for you. And he just, <laughs> and you see everybody's faces. That and the first time he buys some food and he stuffed the, the tailpipe with the bananas. Um, all did the, you notice Damon Wayans? Yes, I did. Uh, he's like, just like, yeah. get some bananas, get some fruits. All part is like, I don't want all this. I just want the best. Hair is all receding back. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Before we do that, oh, uh, go ahead. This was his. This is actually his fourth movie, fourth or third movie by that time. Yes, yeah, so you have Trading Places. Well, first was 40, 48 Hours. That was his first movie, which is a great one with Nick Nolte, my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. Okay. Followed by this, but then you have Trading Places, which is also a good one. And then you have Best Defense, what he did with uh, Dunley Moore. 
not so good, but then he came back strong with 1984 and I mean 1984 uh, with Beverly Hills Cop. And do you know that this was originally for Sylvester Stallone? No, I did not see that. Right, he turned it down. Oh wow! Oh, and they they well, I guess they proposed it to other actors, what have you. But then it fell into Eddie Murphy's lap, and he took it and ran with it. Yeah, because I remember around that time, Golden Child was shortly after that, and so forth like that. But I really can't predict um, picture Sylvester Stallone as the Beverly Hills Cop. Well, I mean, you have. I imagine the script had to been adjusted. Of course, yeah, of course, it had to be this uh, adjusted. And then you have like the improvisational um, impro- uh, chops from Eddie making things that fit him. Like he's making fun of the, not the lieutenant, but the the chief. You now, while he's like, yes, well, the lieutenant's being his ass chewed out, he's making fun of him and you know, other things too. And I feel like the interaction between him and Serge was improv as also. It yeah, felt, it, it felt natural. Felt natural, but I also felt uncomfortable. Because he's like, I don't know how to react to this guy's voice and act. Uh, you mean like it didn't, it didn't age well? No, no. It's just like, he's like, he, what do you know? Like He's playing foreign, but not foreign. But no, he is. But we're talking about like how Eddie Murphy is taking, now here's a guy, he's like, he feels like he's being hit on and small conversation that he's going to have with this guy who's having mm-hmm. a small conversation about the art pieces and stuff like that. And then you're know, talking about that guy, uh, the associate with the hairy chest opened up. That was funny. And he's messing up yeah. Eddie Murphy's name. Yeah. Achmed. It's Axel. It's F. I'm in. <laughs> Holy. Oh, what about you? What about you? Two. Okay. It's the one with, he uh, gets reunited with his friend. Oh, uh, uh, Jenny Summers. Uh, Lisa. No. No. Ovechard? No. No. Oh, uh, no, no, Mickey, the guy. Oh, Mikey. Mikey. Yeah. Excuse me. When... He was so young then, too. I remember him. They're acting. They're back and forth felt very natural yeah it's true and i always love the part where they're at the bar after the shooting some pool they're at the bar and uh mikey goes do you remember that time when we sold the car mm-hmm. and the thing is like you can't really hear them talking that much and you can, like to really know what they're saying you gotta get the subtitles on but that interaction is like it was like only they know it's like an inside joke mm-hmm. now with the subtitles you know what's going on but it's just like they're best of friends they you know thick and thin, like just certain things. This is how friends are. Like when you say certain things, like the whole the memory will just flood right back in, and you'll start laughing, what have you. Yeah. And that, so I, I that what to me was always loved that moment. It just felt very real, uh, very genuine. And the other one was at the strip club. Yo, that was a good moment. Yes. Well, the reason why is because Axel notices the suspects coming in, mm-hmm. even though he's telling the detectives like what's going to happen what's about to go down he's still dancing like he's out breaking carry he's not going to show them that the suspects that they're aware like not to stare at them not to watch mm-hmm. he's just still moving and still like he's part of the crowd it doesn't look off to the suspects who's about to rob him just that moment and where the two detectives well one serious one is still distracted and like what's going on i'm not sure what was happening mm-hmm. that, well that led up to him being uncle phil <laughs> his, his, his character he played yes 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 yeah was it uncle phil no it, you, his wait. father right was it his father from from uh delirious oh uh like i he called him phil he was calling the guy yeah yeah, phil, like, yeah. Like, he played you know it's the same character he had him on that like his, his delirious concert yeah yeah yeah. he's all drunk for those listening watching let us know because i'm i'm, I'm no uh, 
from getting confused in which character he was playing in Delirious. But anyway, that whole scene when the guy, you know, is trying to get him away and freaking do, do the robbery and all that stuff. It was just like, to me, it was just a great moment. Now, this movie still holds up, but it is so dated in the sense of style. Like, I know people today, especially kids, they'll probably be so lost in the sense of the hairstyle, the the lack of cell phones, the lack of social media, pay phones, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They did reference his outfits because they had the leather outfits. Well, whose outfits? Eddie Murphy. He dressed up in like no, the... That's not a reference to him. That's a reference to Michael Jackson, Thriller. Oh, Michael Jackson. Okay. No, but he did dress up like that. Oh, it was after. For Delirious, yes. Yeah, okay. All right. He wore a red leather suit, but those two guys you see walking, that's a modification of the Michael Jackson Thriller outfit. And then you see earlier in the credits, there's guys in Detroit walking around with leather. So I'm not sure, like, he's laughing at that, watching you here again. I'm not sure if he's laughing because he sees two guys dressed ridiculously as Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. It's referenced that he's laughing because no matter where you are, people will still dress similar. Because again, in the credits, you have two guys walking in similar outfits in leather, leather jacket, leather bottoms, like a but a um, cheap version, if you will, of the thriller outfit. Yeah, like, so I'm but... not sure that that left. Yeah, maybe. But the thing is, you can look at it many ways. True. Oh, the stunt work, the full pause. Oh. Uh... The thrown through the glass window? Well, that was done very well in the sense like you can't really tell it's him or not him, but you know it's not him. I could, I could tell. His hair. The hair was well, different. Of course. His hair was, yeah. But I we went, I don't remember which movie we reviewed where we made this refer- reference of Beverly Hills Cop when he goes to the club. And oh. He, and he, 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 right? And he, the guy comes up to him and they start to grab out. He says, hey, man, get off me. And they grab each other. And Eddie's character, Axel, tosses the guy over the buffet table. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that it's not him. The guy actually looks like Richard Pryor. Yeah. And it's definitely not Richard Pryor, but it looks like him. And we have that in several scenes where it's definitely not the guy. Like, it's not the Russian who falls down the stairs after he gets shot. Like uh, the opening action scene where they have the stuntman hanging onto the truck. I thought that was actually really dumb well. Because, like, the, right. the, the stuntman, like, he gets flailed around pretty hard. But also there's some scenes where it's Eddie, and he falls on top of a box, his face. Yeah. Because right as he's about to fall onto it. But, yeah, when you have the the, the back view of the, of the stunt person, depending on the haircut, it's kind of hard to mm-hmm. make sure or know who's who. And that's, it looked like it was just... Him holding the chains without any wire work. Yeah, that's so, what it looked like. If that was the case, that's insane. His hand grip and biceps were on fire that day. Granted, it was like his third, fourth film, Eddie Murphy, that is. Yeah. But this is how I like him. Like now he is, he's over, he overacts now, which I find is so uh, ungenuine. True. Where, like when he was first starting out, he's learning the craft, but he's making things that's more relatable to him. I feel like, um, it, like it, the the stereotypes of his acting over the years is what he overdoes, like the laugh and like it, that's how he laughs. But I mean, like emphasizing that laugh and like how he act, overacts in some of those ways. It's just like this is what worked for me in those previous movies. Let's continue that method. But it's not about the laughing, but it's like how his like 
I'm talking about like just those little traits. I, the laugh was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, he goes into character. He goes into as the as the, re, the reporter of Rolling Stones or the gay guy who has herpes. Um, he breaks into different characters, but yeah. as Axel, you know this guy. He's focused on finding out who killed his best friend. True. You see that difference when it's when it's time to be serious. Is I am to be serious. Oh, another great moment that I liked. When he and Tiger first meet off, and they're like in face to face, and Tiger hits him, yeah, knocks him down. And he's on the chair, and then you you see it cuts to the office with Tiger being yelled at, and then it cuts to Axel, and he's leaning forward with his hand clenched, ready to throw, like if he had to. That makes the more the character more believable. True, the subtle the subtle nuances. Plus, it, it didn't hurt that. Uh... He had good feedback. I, I think a lot of the act, like those that moment, those actors were giving him good material to work with. They had good chemistry. Um, oh, they had great chemistry. Oh, absolutely, great chemistry, no doubt. Him and Judge Reinhold, which was like Judge Reinhold, we know him from Fast Time, or Richmond High, and other mm -hmm. films. But like with with Reinhold, he it felt like he was a rookie cop. He was supposed to be, but executed beautifully. I think well, it was a Beverly Hills Cop two or three that. His character is more like Rambo. He like, he starts going more into that role of like, I got the heavy the heavy material machine gun at one point I think and like yeah I think that's three. I feel like that was three. No, it was a great great character arc of for him. And I'm sorry, oh I'm not sorry, but Jenny, wow, that girl was smoking even with that haircut. With the haircut, <laughs> like that was a good looking woman right there. Who can freaking act? She was a great actress. No, she she was a good uh, actress in it, and the that was one of the things that like thinking back to it now, not every female character needed to be the romantic interest, and, and she wasn't right. That. She was like a really good friend, and like they were all three of them were like best of friends. They grew up together. They may have had like a romantic. We don't know. They didn't really allude to that too much. But they did flirt around and, uh, you know, and joke around a lot. I don't think it was flirting. I think it was just more they were just banter. comfortable with each other. Yeah, it's yeah. banter. They're comfortable with each other mm -hmm. and the best of friends. But did it dawn onto you that there's three other black guys? It's him, his oh, chief, yeah. and the other L.A. detective who's and, founded white. And Damien Wayne. Oh, yeah, and Damien Wayne. Excuse me. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, the bellboy, the one that brought out the food to the car. Do you recognize him? No. He's Daniel's son's friend in the original Karate Kid. He remember when Daniel kicks the door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Face and knocks him down. Mm -hmm. That's the kid. That was the guy. Wow. Okay. Is there any food pause for you? And this is gonna sound funny. It reminded me of Demolition Man in the sense that like he went from like was it Detroit right, and then he went to California, and it's like Demolition Man started out in like a really grungy area, and then he go and then he gets transported to a really clean nice area and like he was like an alien there almost well that's that's a lot of things a stranger in a strange land exactly that prem that premise looking back at it and knowing that this was before demolition man but that it was the same kind of vibe uh in that context because even like how they interacted he's like i other cops don't stitch on other cops this is the way he'll do it and it's like over here we do everything by the book everything's clean he's right he's, he's definitely a fish out of water that's i see what you're saying yeah um, that's not really a faux pas. It's just something that caught my attention. And it's like, it's a different, it was a f interesting feeling to it. I did find it weird that like at the end where everybody's just looking at the monitors and he's, 
and uh, they're sneaking in and no one's doing anything until the boss is like, <laughs> why don't you go shoot them or do something? And they're like, oh, okay. Right. And it sounds like they see it and they just let them happen instead of like doing their job ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Instead of like meeting the threat up front, they mm-hmm. meet to the threat gets like onto the doorstep and pretty much knock. Yes. And I also find it funny that I don't know why, but I guess how though like the security system where the, the lights are is just perfectly like set. Oh, if I don't, mean, I don't know why, but it reminded me like like the old Batman show. Hell, they had him once. Yeah, where they have the like the security system, and it's, it's perfectly set like how the, I guess the house landscape is is like yeah, the salt breaks in, it's just right there. I mean, that's a hell of a security system, just not good security guards. <laughs> I just thought about it now, like if they were to do this movie now, like not sequel, but the original, mm-hmm. that whole throwing them out the window part. And him being arrested would have actually gone differently because they would have been more because they were saying, "Oh, you got arrested because everybody said that they uh, that you were starting in trouble, and like he's a reputable uh, member of the community, and yada yada yada." That is a full pile for me. That window throwing. Why would they throw him out the window? Why would they throw him out the window? Yeah, they made no sense. For one, the door is right there. Absolutely, they totally skipped the door, and they throw him out. And guess what? They don't stay there as like a human shield. Where you can come back right in. Yes. Throw them out. Tendingly, they were carrying them out feet first, weren't they? Yeah. And got thrown out head first. No, sideways. Sideways? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But still. Sideways. It, it always bothered me. I'm like, why did they throw him out the window? Even his character was like, why Why the window? <laughs> I was, but yeah, I mean, so they're right next to the door. But again, like, after they throw him, all they do is like they look and they just walk right back in. I was like, but yeah. wait a minute. And the cops are right there. The thing is, like, he could have just walked right back in. Absolutely. And no cuts. That's true. That's true. No cuts. He puts his hand on the glass to get up. This is around no, this is no, this is several years before the Rodney King thing. They would have beaten him up, the cops that is. And they get yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying, like, if that movie was done now, that, that scene would have been played out differently. Oh, of course. Well, of mm-hmm. course. You have the phones out. Also, the thing is, the window would have broken. The, he would have hit the glass and then, boom. You would have to throw him that, pretty hard to get through the temper. Right. Glass. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. if, if he, exactly. If he got hit, he would have hit the glass, bounce off, and hit land straight down. Remember the time when, you know, well, you don't, I told you a story about it. When I hit my head in the mall, I was there. But you were like, Four years old. And I remember you hitting it and it bouncing back and hitting you back. <laughs> I hit it so hard. Because I saw toys. I was like, I was like. That was good old KB toy stores. Yes, in the mall. And I saw these figures. I wanted it together. I was like, oh, wow. The glass was so clean. <laughs> and I walked right towards it. And yeah. I didn't hit the, the glass. And there was like two smudge marks. Because <laughs> we're looking for a home at the time. But yeah, it's true. So yes, and then the next day we go back there, and the, the marks are still there because the, the, they didn't freaking wipe down. And then I, I, and I first say, but then I turn right, and I think of the mom and dad's there, and is these this this couple, and I look up, they're like this, <laughs> and then I turn again. Even more, and as you, you, mom, and dad looking, laughing hysterically. Well, mom's like like this. Yeah. Dad is cracking up. I don't know what you're doing. You're probably laughing your ass. Dad and I were both cracking up. Absolutely. But, 
Yeah, when toys were like, well, toys are still part of my life, but back then it was like, oh, I want to get that figure. It was like those those Marvel figures that are like posable, like the stiff posable ones that they're like 12 inches long. Oh, the old toy biz, uh, like 12 yes. inches. The 11, 12 inch figures, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those. Those are big ones. Now I like trying but now that I think about it, I was not a big fan about the villain, the main boss, uh, Victor yeah. Method. He, um, I mean, he looks creepy enough to be a villain, but for some whatever reason, he just didn't give me the vibe of like being that imposing a boss. He just shows up and he does he, he, like he'll question her and then be out. And then the only time he really was threatening was at the end when they figured out his stuff, uh, like. That he was smuggling. I was more interested in Zach, his his right hand man. Well, I think that's probably because we know him as the actor, and we're, we want to know. More. Well, no, no, the character he had more screen time. He's the one that kills his friend, which was a violent scene, I think. And it said yeah. like he he knocks him down, he punches him, knocks him down, and then grabs the head and just shoots him twice in the back of the head. Like yeah. how how he reacted by getting shot. He gets tossed to the, to the dining table, and like the entire time you see him, like it's the look of like a. He's fuming. At the same time, he doesn't know what to do until he looks at his boss. I felt like there was supposed to be more out of Zach's character. Like, the way he died seemed right. a little bit quick. Almost anticlimactic. That's how it is sometimes. True. Now, it could have been more with Victor. Victor yes, the way he got hit, you know, it was, it was very kind of cliche where he's holding someone hostage and they hit him. They hit, hit him. He lets go. He doesn't shoot. Even though he has the gun right there. Yeah. Of course, they get freed easily, and then he gets shot by... Axel and the lieutenant. Axel and the lieutenant, right. They pretty much unloaded their clips. Right. Oh, of course. But it just seemed a little anticlimactic there, too. But again, sometimes that's how it is. And it's very similar to 48 Hours, because Eddie mm. Murphy's character is held hostage. He's held behind him at gunpoint by the guy, and Nick Nolte just comes up, shoots him. Oh, yeah, you're right. So it's like kind of... Like it's how simple it is to take someone out, yeah. As in that position, which is actually very hard because he he that person has a human shield. True. And then like just because you hit that person doesn't mean they can't still shoot you. Right. They usually have their finger on the trigger. Especially yeah, especially when the girl hits him in the gut. Yeah, your body flinches. But still, you have the gun right there. You will think you will squeeze. Yeah, right there. that's what I'm saying. Oh, and another thing that I that bothered me was it ties into Die Hard holding the gun. Oh, <laughs> the way they do it. Yeah, instead of like here, gun ready, ready to go off, ready to, you know, shoot. At the... I feel like that's the E&E's pose, though, like where like they have the upright. Oh, yeah. You got to show the audience. You got to perform it. Right. But nowadays that they're here now, you know, if they're not really finding someone, that they have a point down, but still it's like a second to point. When you're here, you got to, it's time to yep. go there and aim and fire now also another before we uh end this review that bruce lee is a big influence to eddie murphy and when in there in the warehouse judge reinhold's character comes out and saves him uh, mm -hmm. billy you see that eddie hits these two guys or actually one guy he goes hits pulls back hits again i think he does it twice to two guys like he goes pat pat and that was very Bruce Lee. Mm, gotcha. He he admits it a lot of times, that, and especially in Beverly Hills Cop and trading uh, trading places. But uh, forty hours when he's looking for someone, he he pulls in his inner Bruce Lee. He said, "I can see that." 
like he tries to get that seriousness, the yeah. look. Well you, well, you see it when he goes up the steps while he's at the mansion at the end. Mm-hmm. He goes up the steps, he crouches down, and he just looks side to side, looks behind him real quick to, to see what was there. So, Rotten Tomatoes, 83 by the critics, 82% by the audience. Where do you rate this? I'm going to go 85 around, around that. Yeah, I'll make it 85 too. It's worth the watch. I say so. Yes. It's worth the all. Does it age well? No. I'll be honest with that. It is still good. It is still worth the watch. It's still worth the yeah. time. And the characters are all great. His chief in Detroit, Paul Reiser, even though he has a, a small role. Excellent. Bronson Pinchot as Serge. Yes. Every character here is done well. It's, it's not like there's any bad performance. I mean, especially also with uh, Mikey in the kitchen. He's talking. All that. He's, he's still eating. I don't know. It's just, I, I just love their chemistry. I just love the guy's acting mm-hmm. uh, where he just he's eating. He's sucking his teeth like he would as you're eating something, depending on what it is, and still still delivering, still selling the, the lines and selling the scene, which is just find it captivating in that sense. And it would have been very interesting how Sylvester Stallone would have done this and what how the, the approach of the character would have been. But it would have not been the same. That was a different time for Sylvester too. So yeah, it would have been a wholly different film. There's a movie I want to do a review of Sylvester Stallone. It's called Nighthawks with Billy D. Williams and Rucker Hauer and Lindsay Wagner. I never saw Nighthawks. We got to watch that. Oh, I thought for a second, before you mentioned Nighthawks, I thought you were going to mention Cobra. I, I just know it's like the one that he, was, didn't he write, produce, and film that one or something like that? Or Yeah, but it's like more on the cheesiness. Yeah. It's, it, it's entertaining, but it's not one of the best works. Nighthawks? Mm-hmm. Holy cow. I'm down. I, we got to find where it's at, but I'm down. Yeah, that's a really good, I can't remember who directs it, but man, that's a really good movie, and it shows like the acting chops, and it's a great thriller. And then we'll put down the list. <laughs> All right, guys, that is our throwback review of Beverly Hills Cop. Have you seen it? What was your favorite moment? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you have a movie or show you'd like us to review, also let us know in the comments below. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you, too. <laughs> <laughs>